0: Welcome to Move Your Mind. My name is Nick Brax, and this is a podcast where we have real conversations with real people and give real advice. Mental health is an issue that affects people in all sorts of industries, and the entertainment industry is rife with it. I've interviewed a lot of different actors on this podcast, and it's always interesting to dive into the ins and outs of. That industry. Like many others, it's complicated. There's not enough education and resource. And I really enjoyed chatting to my next guest and, and learning about his experience and all of the different things that he's doing and how he applies himself as an actor. I really enjoyed it and I'm sure you guys will too. Taylor Gray is an American actor best known for playing Ezra Bridger on the animated television series Star Wars Rebels and Bucket in the Nickelodeon series Bucket and Skinner's Epic Adventures. He also played Fritz Freeling in the 2015 film Walt Before Mickey and the lead role of Brian in the 2012 film Thunderstruck with professional basketball player Kevin Durant. Thank you so much for supporting us. And I say it week in, week out, but we couldn't do this podcast without you. And just a reminder that the Move Your Mind book is available globally. You can find the links at nickbrax.com book. And you can join the Move Your Mind community by going to moveyourmind.me. And you can also now order Underbracks. We've relaunched it, and we have all of the links at www.underbracks.com. And a dollar from every pair goes towards supporting mental health. Taylor, thank you so much, mate, for making the time to have a chat today. I know you've been doing interviews for the last two days, so you're probably tired of saying the same things. Uh, this podcast, I guess, is a chance to maybe go a little bit deeper into a few things as well and it's center around mental health and well-being and exploring interesting people like yourself. So uh, first of all, just want to say thank you, mate, for, for making the time.
1: Oh, no. Thank you so much, Nick, for having me on. Um, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, I mean, every different chat you have, they're always different and entertaining for different reasons. So I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, great. And I appreciate it. So... Before we go into it, are you able to give our listeners just a uh, a background on yourself and basically how you came to be doing what you're doing now?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I started fairly young. I think the first film I did, I was 13 or so. And part of that is due to just proximity. I grew up in Orange County, which is fairly close to Los Angeles. And so um, I kind of got in through a fluke way. I met with the director doing a commercial at an amusement park when I wasn't meant to be acting I was they were just having to be shooting a commercial there and the director had pulled me aside and was like let me introduce you to an agent and then one thing kind of led to the next and I remember when I realized like oh this was a potential job that you could have forever like I did a film where I was like oh this 40 year old man believes that he had been shot and every day comes to work and is basically playing the same game that all my friends play when we're young and I was just kind of fascinated by it and i played a lot of sports growing up. So I kind of just jumped into that mentality. Like if you're going to do something, you got to go all out. So I, I I enrolled in like four different acting classes. And so every night, like God bless my parents, they drove me up to LA every night for two years just to study before I really kind of dove in. And then I haven't really looked back.
0: Wow. Yeah, no, I love that. And it's so true. Like you're saying, it's sort of whatever you do, and especially acting, you, you do have to like throw yourself completely into it. And, and it's such a, a tough industry and, and, and you don't know what's gonna come around the corner and uh, it's, there's so much unpredictability in it. So you really do, you just have to immerse yourself in it. Uh, but yeah, I love hearing stories like that. So yeah, thank you for sharing it. Yeah, for sure. So you're, yeah, you're, out, you're promoting a new film that's coming out. Uh, are you able to tell us a little bit more about, about that film?
1: Yeah. So the film is a psychological thriller that uh, follows the protagonist, April Davis, who's played by the amazing Brenna D'Amico. And um, it kind of dovetails with this romance that uh, has some Mr. X and some turns that you would expect in this genre of a film. And I play Jax Davis, who is her brother, who I guess I would describe as a sort of like hedonistic, epicurean-like figure who is most uh, most concerned with who he's going to be with that night and what stimulants he might be able to get his hands on that day.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> i was having a bit of red through. Hey, 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 how <laughs> how was that process of playing a character oh, like that? Actually, it was so I was difficult. Say...
1: Method. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> being being here in New York, I've been living in New York since um, the start of the year. But I've met a lot of people like that where it's you know it's all about. What how much what can I consume? What can I find? How do I stimulate myself? And it's hard not to get caught up in it. But you you see it everywhere. But yeah, it must have been interesting playing that kind of character.
1: Yeah, it was fun to. Um, I think that was what was so alluring was the character. The project what was so alluring about it was the character that I was going to play in it. And I mean, I'm wearing like furs through all of it. And so that that <laughs> was definitely a fun um, a fun task to kind of take on. But yeah like you totally. said, I mean, I, I sort of came up in LA around a lot yeah. of different people who enjoyed that fast life. So I definitely had some uh, experiences to pull from.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure. I, I think it's impossible if you're in this industry, it's impossible not to have exposure and to have been around that kind of thing because it's just like there's so much of, of everything and you come across so many weird and random situations and people and uh, so it's like, it, yeah, good, a good sort of experience for uh, drawing on that character.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's hard to avoid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hard to avoid. Um, and what I was going to say is, yeah, how, how, how? Do you, I mean, if you've been in this industry for so long, um, how, how have you navigated that? You know, all the craziness of the industry and the stuff outside of the acting, and you know, being around so many different influences and different things. How have you navigated? staying grounded or how do you navigate staying grounded throughout all of that?
1: Uh, to be honest, like these are the type of questions I love the most because like that, I feel like that's equally as hard as the job itself is how you deal it's with not harder. Yeah.
0: Home. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. it's genuinely. Yeah. And
1: I'm so fortunate. You know, so much of it to my mom, who she's a psychologist and a therapist. So yeah. I had a sort of base at home with my family that because when I was about 15, I I got my own Nickelodeon show, right? So there was a period of time for about three years in my teenage years, like I was going to high school, I was playing on the varsity basketball team, but I had to leave all that. And it was this weird thing of like, you do this sort of dog and pony show, right? Of, Of like going around and going to different events and whatnot. But at the same time, like all your buddies are still your buddies, just like doing what they're doing, but you're now making money and you have this sort of responsibility that doesn't quite make sense. And you don't, necessarily comprehend right away and if if I didn't have my mom I think it would have been much harder because I dealt with like there was a period of time where I remember depression was never something that really weighed too heavily on me but then there was a time where I was like oh I have this real cloud over me that I don't know what it is and it was at a time when ostensibly I was meant to be the most happy because I was achieving what I was meant to be achieving like there I remember we Nickelodeon brought us out me and my co-star out to New York to sort of like do the whole like meet the network thing right before the show would come out and they were going to show you the billboard that was in times square. And I I remember when we saw it and I was like, Oh, this is the most sad I've been because I thought it was all going to be in that. Right. Like all the happiness is attached to this thing. And I realized like, Oh shit, I've got to sort of like change the perspective a bit and go inward and kind of iron this out. If I'm going to continue moving forward in this um, career and world. Right.
0: Wow. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And I love hearing things like that because it's it is it's sort of such a good example to for everyone listening and you know not just in acting in in any industry that we're in like we we do get taught to sort of tie our like happiness or self-worth to these outcomes and if you are fortunate enough to get there and experience that often you sort of realize that well you know i'm still the same person i'm still you know, I'm still got the same thoughts, the same things to deal with. I'm a human at the end of the day. And there's no, like, there's no panacea for that. Like no matter what you experience, we've still got to deal with ourselves every day. And it's, it's a a weird thing to navigate because you still got to sort of move forward with your career and aim to, you know, grow and um, in the acting, you know, I'm sure you're aiming to get bigger roles and progress and, you know, continue the amazing progress you're having. But then within all of that, how do you find that balance of um, not getting caught up in it, which, I mean, from from what I've learned, it's it's like a da- almost a daily thing of having that self-awareness and catching, catching yourself and saying, okay, I'm going too far this way. I've got to reel this back in, or I've got to do a bit more of this or a bit less of this. And there's no sort of end to it. It's just this constant balance.
1: Yeah. It's something that makes it both so consuming and enjoyable, but also just so complex that like, I think it's part of the reason I do love sports so much is because there is a sort of objectivity to it. Like, here's what yeah, you have to yeah. do. And at the end of the day, you could say, oh, I do this a bit unorthodox, or it looks weird when I do this. But at the end of the day, if the score is 11 to eight, like the game's over, I won, right? Or you won, yeah. whoever, whoever it may be. But yeah. in, in everything else, like, like the arts and acting and, and just going through day to day in your life, it's so subjective. There is no just one way to do it or one right path. And I think that makes it both difficult and amazing because you can kind of navigate things your own way, but it means that you have to rely on sort of introspection and awareness and other people and, and really be honest with yourself and and every step you take, you just have to hope that you're doing, it has the right sort of um, purpose behind it.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I think it can either like make or break you. It can, it can force you down a path of growth and, you know, internal sort of growth and, personal development or it can lead you down a path where you just self-destruct and it's uh it can be it's a tough thing but uh yeah. it's one of the questions I was going to ask you. I've had a lot of people from the entertainment world and I'm, I'm in that world myself I guess so I'm interested in in interviewing people in that area but um have you seen from being in the industry for so long have you seen a lot of uh mental health related issues with in, in the industry in general I mean yeah,
1: yeah, I, I think yeah. it's. I think it's probably most prevalent, um, I mean, if not the most up there with it of a group of people where that um it's sort of rife with that where you see, um, people they put their mental health down the uh, rungs of the ladder right of what importance they're focused on and I think it's something that we're coming into more and more and I'm seeing it like even i spend a handful of time in europe and seeing how much awareness they're raising for mental health and something that wasn't always there you know what i mean it was sort of like stiff upper lip we have other things to focus on we have to do this and that and the other but nowadays we're realizing how connected it is to our overall well-being and to our output and to how we affect not only those around us but just the world around us and I mean, I, I, like I said, through my teenage years, definitely in that world of before people, it's very impressionable formative age. And before people had even really set a, a base for who they were, they were going to the extremes of, of living, right? Like you had a microscope on you with certain people, you were um, maybe having drinks and doing different things earlier on than some other people around you. And you had access to, um, more than I had when I was just in high school, that's for sure. And how you sort of balance that tightrope is, is difficult. And like, I have friends who had a tougher time with it. You know what I mean? They kind of looked up and they're like, oh shit, I've taken 12 steps in the wrong direction. And then other friends who I kind of, um, admire. And I, I look at, um, with sort of reverence where I'm just amazed at how well they sort of, um, traverse it all. And so I think it's just a difficult thing that everyone, who grows up, deals with.
0: Yeah. And, and more so now, you know, in the world we live in now where um, it's dominated by social media and it's, it's crazy. Like it's sort of, I'm, I'm so grateful that I just missed growing up with Instagram and all that kind of stuff, because it, I don't know what's going to happen to these kids, but it is so hard to navigate and it's hard to know what's r- real and what's not. And even if you are happy with your life, how do you not compare it to someone else's life? And it's just crazy, you know, to, to find balance within all of that.
1: No, I, I completely agree. It's I, I'm in the same boat as you. I just missed it. Like there wasn't Instagram when I was in high school. It came out like sort of just after or got big at least. And so I'm just yeah. amazed. Like I have a younger brother and younger sister, and one of them just never downloaded a single thing. And I always I, I'm always so envious of that. I look at him and I'm like, how the hell did you just avoided all of it? And he's like, Well, I don't need it. And I was like, there's gotta be something healthy about that.
0: Oh, I think so, so, so healthy. If you just can avoid the whole thing, then yeah. yeah, exactly. You don't get caught up in it. It's so hard, and it's like I think if you if you're doing work, a job, especially where you need to use it to promote yourself and your work and all that kind of thing, then you sort of it's very hard to not get caught up in it all. So it's, yeah, it probably is easier just like sort of out of sight, out of mind. Just get off the whole thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm envious of that as well. Um, but yeah, I guess another thing with the acting, like I know from from my experience, I got into acting really late and I found, um, and I say this to a lot of people and I've heard other actors talk about it. Um, I think it's one of the best uh, personal development things you can sort of do for yourself. Because I was like incredibly shy and had all these issues and um, fell into it actually through doing public speaking and was doing it just to help with that and ended up loving it. Because I was like, wow, this is like making me um get over my ego and learn about other people and learn about myself and have to explore all these different ways of thinking and and I guess like when you're playing a character you you know you're not judging the character it's like teaching you to understand hang on which I think we need to do more of in society we're very quick to to label people and say you know that person's good or bad or whatever but it's thinking hang on if I don't judge this person let's just look at what are all the events that's happened to lead this person to becoming you know to behaving in this way. Um, have you found like with the acting, it's like, what would your view on that be in terms of, you know, personal development and, you know, that it like the, the learnings through that?
1: Yeah, I think you really hit the nail on the head. And it's something that I talk about often with friends who are sort of outside the business, but also friends who are inside of it. And it is the ultimate economy of empathy, right? Like you, the way you approach characters. And, and that was one thing that I do feel fortunate to have Studied when I was younger. So, in that sort of formation of how my curiosity developed and how I saw things, it came through the lens of like, oh, well, I was constantly looking at people. Was like, oh, what do I like about this quality that could work into a character? Or what is it about that person that's putting me off that can be used when you're trying to be antagonizing, right? In some way. And you're constantly like, your big questions in acting, uh, not to go woo woo into it, but like, you're looking at objective, right? And like why somebody's doing something and you, you're often working against the words. Someone might be saying one thing, but when you do that, you mean another. Like people when they're crying are, are usually trying to stop crying. People when they're laughing are trying to stop themselves from laughing. You know what I mean? Like yeah, there are yeah. a lot of contradictions in who we are as people. And I think to your point, I think it would be amazing if everyone just had a little exercise in it. I'm not saying everyone go be an actor or actress, but um, just have a class or or have the freedom to sort of express themselves in a way that they are not so that they can see like if you had to act or do an impersonation of someone who is on another side of beliefs than you, you would start realizing like, oh, why they are the way they are or where they're coming from. Because while you may disagree, you can connect with like how someone gets to where they're at because we're all sort of byproducts of our conditioning as well. And like, like you said, you don't judge the characters for who they are. You just have to figure out a way to embody it. And everyone believes they're doing the right, or you hope everyone believes they're doing the right thing. Right.
0: Yeah. And I, I think, I think most people do, you know, like the yeah. very, very, maybe there's a select few, but the vast majority do, you know, the word, everyone's trying to do the right thing. And that's, I think if we could understand that and, you know, I think vulnerability a lot of what I do in mental health is just trying to, um, you know, have real like what we're doing you have real conversations share stories um, especially with men you know teach people that it's okay to be vulnerable and talk openly because if we if that could happen across the board you would eliminate so many issues and you'd simplify a lot of things because a lot of behavior is trying to overcompensate or trying to do you know from that conditioning what we think we need to do rather than just being who we actually want to be so it's like it, it becomes so convoluted
1: it's so true and, and a lot of it as well in addition to that is the expression of suppression, right? Like things that have been suppressed, we then see the action that comes from that later on when it hasn't been, like you said, dealt with or been able to come out in a vulnerable sense. And I mean, I completely agree with you. I think it's something that we are making strides towards, but we have such a long way to go. And when certain, I mean, yes, with social media, we see these big public events when someone does something that is, immoral or just seems wrong it often comes from one of those reasons where it seems like one of the solutions uh, not necessarily panacea or silver bullet but would be being more vulnerable and getting people to kind of talk through a lot of things that are weighing on their heart
0: um yeah 100 percent. yeah i I don't think there's any one-stop solution but i think that would go such a long way like you're saying in in making that change and eliminating a lot of that sort of disruption and, and need for, for those sort of things um do you do you have uh regular things that that you do to uh, navigate sort of uh, staying healthy and grounded day to day in the industry that you're in or like in between jobs you know what 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 are some of the ways that you stay grounded in between that. If you sort of, um, you know, you finish a job and you're auditioning and, uh, yeah, yeah, how do you, how do you keep sort of that balance in life? Or is, is that just another continual sort of navigation? <laughs>
1: I think it will always be a continual thing. I thought a couple of years ago, like, Oh, I really got to hold on this because I spent a lot of time working on that exactly what you're talking about specifically. And then I realized, Oh, maybe I got a little complacent where I, I treated it as something that was, Oh yeah. An objective. I got it done. And not this sort of, um, continuous thing that you're always sort of working at. And so like little day-to-day things, meditation plays a big role um, in my life, doing things that are physical and outside of my body that take me out of my head and bring me into the present. But even bigger than that, I think <clears throat> there is a whole issue with ego. And I think everyone dealing with ego is so, so difficult. It's what I speak to my mom about most, probably when we talk and, and try to talk through things. Um, it's just like, there was a period of time where I was like, you, ha- I had to separate my identity and myself from my occupation. And I think this transcends acting and just goes to any job when we start to marry those two and believe like our success in our occupation relates to who we are. I, I, it can muddy the waters and you can have this view of yourself where like one day the phone's ringing off the hook. Everyone loves you. And the next, when it's not ringing, you think, Oh, I was good. Then I was bad. When it's this, it's the same person. You know what I mean? Just going through the evolution of who they are. And I think when I was younger, that definitely weighed on me where I was like, exactly what I was talking about earlier, where I was like, Oh, right now I'm meant to be as happy as can be because I'm literally ticking off the boxes that I've been trying to hit. And I'm not as happy as I thought I was going to be. So I've really put a precedent in the last, I'd say, six, seven years on just like putting my life first, meaning like, My job is so important to me and everything will feed into that. And especially in something like acting, you are bringing yourself to the role so often. So I I really love to travel and to go do things that are completely divorced from this job. You know what I mean? And not just someone who like stays in LA, goes to events, continues to, you know what I mean? Just perpetuate this one life because in between every character, like the, the way I look at it at least is like you need to go fill up your cup because you're like this in this film, I there's a lot of emotional beats that my character sort of has to go through where he's a character that is probably victim to what we're talking about. There's a lot of suppression in there. And when the balloon is popped, a lot comes out. And if I'm just going back and treading the same sort of tracks that I've used for other roles, it's going to be too similar. You know what I mean? So like going and filling that cup up in different experiences, wherever that may be with different people and seeing new things, I think is, is hugely important. And so... I think I just always try to focus on, like, doing things outside of myself, seeing new things, and ultimately just being curious, right?
0: Thank you so much for supporting Move Your Mind. We're expanding the offerings of the organization, and we're tailoring everything we do to suit you guys and to try and answer to all of your needs and the questions that you send in. The book is available globally. You can find all of the links at nickbrax.com slash book. And we've just released the Move Your Mind community. We've currently got a men's community group, a women's community group, a general group. We're gonna be loading up other groups and you can find all of the links at moveyourmind.me. This group's been created based on the needs of what we've heard and learnt throughout running Move Your Mind. And we have live events, we've got courses, we've got huge amounts of value, the ability to share information, share ideas, work in groups together to to grow and share your learnings to learn about different topics you get email reminders there's a whole lot of features in there we're constantly updating it and we're so excited to share it with you you can find all of the information about it at moveyourmind.me yeah totally no I love that because I, like you're saying otherwise you wouldn't have that life experience to then draw on for the for the next role and you know that's the best way to to be able to relate if you've either been in that situation or met those kind of people or had those experiences. So, and just a, a good way in general to a healthy thing to do in life. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less in similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Life isn't it we get so yeah. stuck in our little world of what whatever we're doing that that can feel like it's the be all and end all and when you remove yourself from that you realize hey there's like so many other th- things and going on in life and so many other perspectives and ways to look at things. So I think it's, yeah, such a good point that you're making. Uh, Did you, did you have a plan B if you weren't going to do acting?
1: Uh, I think I've always sort of looked at, I mean, it's funny because that's the only job I've ever had, right? Like I started young enough that it was like pretty cool, very strange. And I had a weird relationship with it because I looked at like, there were times uh, at the end of my teenage years where I wasn't working right and I was like am I jobless like what am, am I good for anything like can I do other things and that was a little bit of a scary thought but at the same time my parents are just great role models and they definitely made me focus on school so I actually went to university in tandem I took a couple years off but then I ended up doing most of my degree online and uh, again I mean this doesn't necessarily serve to a specific occupation I I mean, I got my bachelor's degree in philosophy. So I think I, I ultimately am just looking for answers to help out just like every day of living and relieving stress and finding happiness, you know what I mean? And dealing with the absurdity of what the world is. But I mean, there's always been, I started, I started writing maybe, I mean, shoot, I started writing during the Nickelodeon show, just when I saw how much, I mean, actors won't love to hear it. And I just I had a feeling that we were a bit of pawns a little bit, right, because I was on this show, and um each week there would be a different like maybe love interest or something. It was a sitcom, right? so like right situational comedy each week, it's like this is your love interest, this is the story, and there was a week where someone didn't work out not because they weren't a great actress. that person has gone on to be very successful, but they were fired right, halfway through the week, and a week was Monday to Friday, so. Was like table read, rehearsal Tuesday, rehearsal Wednesday, pre-shoot Thursday, live taping Friday night. So Wednesday, yes. there was like rumors going around like, oh, they might be a replacement. Thursday, new actress comes in, script is the same, director's vision is the same. But I was like, for the actress, like her world, if it were me, I just was like, oh, I would be distraught. I'd be like, they don't like me, I'm shit. All of these different things would start to kind of come into my mind. And I was talking to the writer and they're like, oh no, it just didn't work with this one thing. She was actually really good. And I was like, what in the world? Like it it really like kind of rocked yeah, me, like, yeah, the world. Yeah. And from that moment on, I was like, okay, I need to start writing. So I shadowed the writers for a bit and kind of jumped into that just to be like, at the end of the day, I'm more interested in storytelling, I think, than anything. And acting plays so much a role in that. But to really, really tell the stories that you have in your head and, and the patterns that you see and bring them to life, writing just seemed paramount to that. So I guess that's a very long winded way of saying like plan B is to like write alongside in tandem, but I've been doing that for a period of time. And I don't know. I, I think I, I definitely am someone who like goes all in on things. And so it's a little scary, but also a little thrilling. And so I think I'm kind of in that boat.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it probably, they both inform each other as well. The writing and the acting inform each other, but it is, I think it's, it's, it's something where we, have more access as well in, you know, where the world's at now, if you are an actor or if you're doing anything in the entertainment sort of world, you can take more control of your career as well because of what you're talking about. You can otherwise uh, feel disempowered or um, feel like there's, you know, you just can't, you don't have control. You, you, you don't know what's going to happen or when. So you can sort of try and at least take back a bit of that control by by doing things like that, which I think is, yeah, so important. Yeah. Um, how was your experience during COVID? Were you, um, did that affect some of the work you're doing? Were you in LA at the time? You know, what, 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 how did, how did you deal with all of that?
1: Um, COVID, I think COVID was so enlightening for so many people, right? Like around the world where it was sort of forced introspection and going into it, I, I had a conversation with my mom. I was like, I think people are going to come out sort of, it's going to be like a cocoon period for a handful of people where they're going to sort of go inward. And I'm curious what sort of evolutions we'll have on the other side of it. And we're seeing like the, the ones as far as like workplaces are changing and realizing, Oh, hours can be different or coming in, but also just like how people enjoy spending their time. When you take a lot of things away from someone, what is it that you ultimately want to do? Are you chasing what makes you happiest? Right. And all these things. And so fortunately, my, my mom being a psychologist, we had had a lot of these conversations growing up. And so I realized, oh, I do enjoy, I, I go out often, I, I like to be around people, but I do enjoy my time by myself. And that was something that I really realized even more during the quarantines of, I felt so bad for some people that are the opposite, and they really enjoy because some people get their energy from other people. And, and fair enough to them, those people are so enjoyable to be around. And when that's taken away, it's, Really difficult, and then that you you would hear the people who would say they're extreme introverts, and they're like, "I'm made for this," and I think I fall somewhere <laughs> in the middle, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But weirdly, um, the year before I worked a little bit, but then weirdly, 2020, I did I shot three films during it. So,
0: I, oh well. Wow. So you were I, yeah, like pumping it, yeah, that. It was, yeah. It yeah. was
1: it was very strange as well because I was aware of what was going on, but like we were in these bubbles on each set, so it would be a couple months at a time. Where you would go in, and I—I I mean, it was testing every day, and it was—it was everything that you had to go through to stay safe on set and keep everyone on set safe. But at the same time, it was a very nice distraction for sure, because I was able to just focus on a character the way I would if it were 2013. You know what I mean? And so, uh, yeah. it was—it was just a really, really interesting time. I mean, we're still feeling the effects of it now, but I mean. Yeah, it's hard to sum up. I've read a lot of different articles on people sort of taking different perspectives on what we've gone through. And it seems like everyone has sort of had an individual experience with it, which makes sense.
0: Makes sense. Yeah, the amount of different stories that, you know, come out of it is, is insane. And like you're saying, it's going to be something that um, continues for a long, long time. It's sort of going to, not going to end anytime soon. But I think it really yeah. did have that. Yeah, it had, had that effect that you're talking about, where I think a lot of people, it did make them, you know, confront certain things and change their thinking about things. And some people really struggled with it, but it just had such a different impact on on so many people and just such a, such a crazy thing um, for us all to go through. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, um, I guess like before I have these sort of closing questions we finish every interview with, but before we go into that, do you have any other, uh, I mean, you've sort of touched on it a little bit, but in terms of just, you know, day to day, in terms of your health and wellness and things that you do, um, do you have other things that we haven't touched on? I, I mean, for me, it's sort of exercise, gratitude, journaling, meditation. Like I said, I think you already pretty much answered it. Just, but just as a summary for, you know, our listeners love to hear from, from the guests in, you know, those, those sort of daily daily rituals or habits that they, that they do. Do you have, you <laughs> know, certain things that we haven't touched on?
1: Um, I'm trying to think. So I, meditating is a big one for me. That's a, that's a daily, daily thing journaling i go in and out and i would love to stick on that more um but sometimes i find when i'm i'll 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 put it this way i'll either read or journal every single day one or one or the other okay. but exercise yeah. is such a big one um and i'm hearing more and more people talk about it too in the sort of public eye of things of just like even beyond the sort of uh wellness for your body and vanity aspect of it like what it does for your mind is so so big at least for myself because it's it's energy that is put into something that's very present and there's something that's tangible and something that you can focus on and it it what it does in the like psychosomatic sense is huge for me as well and so i i try to do something active and i i really prefer to work out with other people as well in like group classes or in LA, we have a handful of amazing hikes. I also love to surf. And so that's a, a big thing that like buddies will go probably once or twice a week um, just to get out there because whether it's a day where it's firing or not, like just being out on a board in the water, in the sun is, yeah. is a nice sort of thing. You know what I mean? And everyone can find those sort of hobbies that, that work for them, I would say. But I also have like little weird things. Like I, I've fallen in love. I've played chess growing up. And then I really just thought I was like, this isn't cool, like through my teenage years. And I was such a fool because when Queen's Gambit came back around,
0: I really <laughs>
1: yeah. got back into it. And I've been playing every day. I like to set aside 20 minutes where I'm like, OK, I can play two games of chess online. Um, musical instruments, I like to uh, just kind of noodle on a guitar. Just it's something that switches into your like whatever left brain to right brain and you know, I mean, mixes it up. But I, I just like to kind of keep myself on my toes just so I don't. Kind of wear out the tread of whatever that path I'm on might be.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, yeah, thank you for sharing all of that, mate. I think so many good points in there, and I think the the general thing, the the message for everyone listening as well is just like um, keeping yourself, you know, curious and doing doing different activities that you enjoy, and not not having to make it something that um is forced but just having little bits of time every day where you can go and have that time out and do things that take you outside of you know whatever you're doing day to day I think it's um a really important point uh so we yeah we we finish every episode with just these five uh questions these are you know can be whatever comes to mind and nothing too crazy not going to try and (laughs) catch you to a two off guard here um (laughs) but yeah the first one is uh what is the best childhood memory that comes to mind for you Oh man.
1: That's a heavy or one, one of the because, best. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly cuz <laughs> yeah. cuz you're like I want to be honest, but at the same time like as soon as we hang up you're like oh shit, this is even better. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's got to be it's got to be something around um family being together. Like just family dinners cuz now all of us are kind of older and everyone's out of the house. Like I really miss the conversation and and what would go on when it was just our family on a Thursday night having dinner. But a memory would probably be something at a sporting event. Our family, like absolutely love sports. Like our weekends were at some field somewhere. So I would imagine like maybe at one of my games or my brother's games where the whole family was there and everyone kind of comes from a different perspective where my dad was probably on the field coaching. My mom was there going crazy. Like that was always really fun. So I have really, really fun memories of uh, like childhood sports.
0: It's a 10-year anniversary of Underbrax, and we've relaunched with the classic white pair. We've also got new styles coming out super soon. We're donating a dollar from every pair to mental health, currently to one in five. You can find all of this at www.underbrax.com. Yeah, no, similar to me, I've got so many memories of that. And very, Yeah, in Australia, we was like AFL is our sport, and lots of memories yeah. of that, so yeah, I, I like it. Um, What do you think is currently uh, the biggest burden on mental health in society?
1: The biggest burden on mental health? Um, Well, I guess I would go to each individual would probably be, I think so many things are fear-based, right? And I think there's a fear around vulnerability because when you go like, let me, I'll show you a little of my skin. And if people don't like it, then that's really gnarly. And I think the fear that holds people back from from exposing some of their truths. And I think, I think weirdly social media is what, a double-sided sword, right? And that there is this aspect where we're seeing behind the curtain more than ever. While we're seeing, I would argue, maybe a bit too much of everything where we're constantly consuming, there is an aspect to it, which I think is the beauty and the silver lining, which is we do see behind the curtain of a lot of things that we didn't before. And there are open conversations like this, or we see people dealing with things in times of trauma or vulnerability. But I think the biggest burden is the fear around just being like, this is what I'm dealing with, or this is me, and fearing that people won't accept that. And I'll admit, as much as I do my best to to not fall victim that I do, I and I at times I hold things back a little bit because I'm like, I don't know how that's going to go over, and I know that's unhealthy, and then I end up dealing with it later. But I would say that's probably, in in my perspective, ostensibly the biggest burden.
0: Yeah, definitely, and it's in, it's so hard; it's almost impossible not to you know feel that need to hold things back. And I do the some you know working as a mental health advocate and I often find that I'm like oh, I'm not being completely authentic or real about all these different things but it's hard it's hard to do it and yeah. um you know social media it's like it can be used for such a good thing as well like you're saying and it got all those other sides but it's just yeah it's tough to to do it all the time you know we can only do yeah. our best yeah uh where do you in, in with mental health where do you see things going in um the next like 10 years do you see uh more problems arising or things getting better or like a bit of both? Where do you see it heading?
1: I th- I think it's going to get, oh, it's definitely going to get better. I mean, at the end of the day, you have to hold out hope, right? The first step of any progress is hope that it can yeah. be better before you even take action. And so I think everyone should hopefully believe that, that it will be getting better, whether or not that's from a sort of idea of accelerationism being that like things are difficult and they're just going to get really difficult until they break. And we rebuild from there. And it's like, it becomes such an obvious problem or it's what we're seeing right now, which there definitely is a precedent being set. Like I know in the UK, they have like mental health awareness days and in Australia, the US, a lot of different places there, people are really focusing on it. And, um, I hear about at least through my mom, like the conversation in schools and different programs that are going into place that just start, shining a light on mental health that I guess wasn't really there that was kind of in the dark for a long time um I think I think we're gonna get a lot more attention on it and in turn would only sort of beget more progress I would assume um but I think it's really gonna with each generation I think people are growing more and more accepting and tolerant and um and open and vulnerable and authentic and I think those are all just like beautiful signs for the next generation
0: Exactly. A hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. That's all can only be positive in that, in that, in that side with where it's heading. Yeah. Um, what, what would you say is your personal definition of happiness? Oh man, this is the, this is the, well, <laughs>
1: I, I've tried, I've tried to journal this a million times. Uh, this is the million dollar question and it's the, almost the unanswerable question. I, uh, like, because it seems like anytime you try to grab happiness then it it leaves right like when i think i have it then it's gone again it's this sort of fleeting thing and so happiness to me would be somewhere in this association of presence when i'm not like what, what what is the whole old adage or proverb like when you are concerned with the future you're welcoming anxiety when you're concerned with the past you're welcoming depression but when you're concerned with the present you can't really welcome any of those things because It's just whatever is going on in each minute or each second. And so I think that speaks to what I was talking about earlier with like uh, working out or going surfing or meditating. You are just in or you're doing your best to just be in the present moment. Obviously, thoughts will pervade and they will always be coming in and you'll be worried about what you've done or what will happen. But happiness for me is when I kind of catch myself in those moments where I I drop back into my body. where I'm like, Oh shit. I haven't been in here for three hours. I was just doing this with people that I love or people I've just met or whatever it might be. And I've been enjoying whatever present moment, even if it wasn't the most enjoyable thing that is happiness to me is just being in every moment that is kind of happening around me.
0: Yeah. 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 It's like, it's, it's just when, cause yeah, like you said, if you're present and immersed in whatever it is you're doing, you don't, your mind doesn't have the opportunity to think and worry about things. And it doesn't have to be doing, you know, the thing you love most. It's just like, if you're present and in that moment, then, uh, you know, you get to experience that and you don't, you don't have any of the other thoughts or anxiety coming in. So it's, yeah, really important one. So final question here. Um, I'm sure there's many of these, but, um, what is the most courageous thing you've ever done?
1: The most courageous thing. I mean, (laughs) <laughs> pursue a cur- pursue a career in acting i
0: <laughs> think i think that, I think me, that, that, that pretty makes, much yeah <laughs> that makes you pretty courageous yeah
1: <laughs> but even then that makes me sound like uh not very courageous if that's the most um
0: oh, i think it is yeah
1: yeah but no i i think i think going back full circle with it it is a very very vulnerable job and occupation and you 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 put your heart on the line every single day especially like i remember there were like times when I, I hadn't worked much and I was just auditioning every day and you're, you're putting it all out there. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, this is me in every sense. And uh, when they say no, you, it's hard to not take that as a no person. Like we don't like you and yeah. that like to, I commend anyone who is pursuing anything that's in the public eye really. And if they're being honest in it, but acting for sure, because you you really have to take risks every single day and be willing to get back up and not let it affect you in a negative sense and just continue to be vulnerable.
0: Absolutely. No, it is. It's, you know, not only having to continue putting yourself out there, but that vulnerability and exposing you know, exposing yourself and your emotions, like you're saying, and having to front up and do it again and again. It's I think it is. It's a pretty courageous thing, mate. So oh, final question as well. Um, not yeah, yeah. question, sorry. This isn't a question. Um, where just where can people go to find more about the film and about yourself you know where can we send them we'll put all of this in the show notes as well um so yeah uh
1: the film is called night night and i believe it's at night night i i try to be like my brother i try to stay on social media as much as possible but like you said our job is somewhat based around it so i'm I'm on there as much as i i guess have to be but night night i believe is it my instagram is taylor gray three and then i'm on twitter as well i'm taylor gray
0: Great, no problem. And yeah, we'll have all of that, Um, all of the links in the show notes as well. So yeah, Taylor, thank you so much mate, for being so open and sharing all of that with me today. I really enjoyed chatting and I'm sure the film, I'm excited to see the film and I'm sure it's gonna be a success and love what you're doing with your career. So yeah, thank you for for coming and making the time.
1: Well, thank you so much for making the time and having me on and also for what you're doing and what you're talking about. Cause I feel like just every conversation like this uh, elicits something out of people that is I think cool and beneficial for everyone to hear
0: yeah I appreciate it man thanks so much yeah right on thanks to Taylor Gray for joining me today on move your mind and just another reminder that you can join the move your mind community by going to moveyourmind.me we've got a new website up we'd love you to all check it out you can also order the move your mind book by going to nickbrax.com book and you can buy Underbrax. We've relaunched it as part of a 10-year anniversary. You can find them at www.underbrax.com with a dollar from every pair sold going towards supporting mental health. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra.